Hello and welcome to this evening's webinar. My name is Hannah Dyson from Enfield Voices and Global Net 21 and this is one of the many webinars that we do each week exploring various topics and today and this evening we are very proud to say that we have Anuka Gazara Anthony um, today on the webinar talking about the topic of mindfulness and hypnobirthing in COVID birthing environments. In this webinar, we will explore how mindfulness and hypnobirthing can empower parents uh, with anxiety and fear in COVID uh, birthing environments. We also will discuss how and why language and narrative surrounding pregnancy, birth and, and postnatally and in the workplace can have an effect uh, on outcomes for parents, entire families, society and the world. Uh, we, we will explore uh, mindfulness in the workplace and in particular in leadership and how this can influence uh, employees uh, at work and at home. So uh, welcome, um, Anuka. Hello, and welcome to the webinar. Thank you for agreeing to talk to us this evening about your experiences. Um, can you start off by telling us um, about yourself uh, and your background? Yes. Well, hi. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Really happy to be here uh, with you and, and all your uh, followers today, uh, this evening in the UK time this afternoon here in the East Coast. Um, so hi everyone, my name is Nuka Gazara Anthony. I am um, born and raised uh, in Enfield but currently living here in Washington DC and I'm a childbirth educator um, as well as a hypnobirthing practitioner and a mindfulness and emotional intelligence um, consultant. And so I spend a lot of my time um, either working with new parents, with preparing them for birth uh, throughout the pregnancy. Uh, I also support uh, businesses and institutions uh, with mindfulness and emotional intelligence um, webinars and trainings uh, to really help staff that are really suffering, especially right now during COVID with burnout and giving them the ability to cultivate a better approach towards stress management uh, using mindfulness and emotional intelligence tools. So that's a little bit about me, um, but predominantly my work is actually working with uh, new parents and, and childbirth educators. Fantastic, that sounds like you're very, very busy um, actually over there in Washington where you live. Can you tell us a bit about the first time that you kind of were introduced to um, mindfulness and hypnobirthing what, what were the circumstances surrounding that absolutely so um with hypnobirthing um actually when i gave birth to my first child uh seven years ago um you know i actually didn't do any childbirth education i just assumed that you know i eat reasonably well i exercise i do yoga it should all be fine and unfortunately, which some of you may be aware of, that as human beings, when we find ourselves in a very uh, threatening or fearful situation, what the brain does, our prefrontal cortex, uh, which is just behind our forehead, it makes that decision of, are we gonna fight the situation or are we gonna flee from it? And for me, going into the hospital environment, which I hadn't done the hospital tour, so I wasn't really sure about what I uh, what it looked like or what facilities would be available to me, that experience really ignited that freeze reaction in me. 
And what happens is in birth that when birthing mother freezes, the most important muscle that we need uh, to be able to uh, breathe and, and birth our babies is the uterus. But if we're in that freeze position, the whole body is constricted and in particular the uterus is completely constricted depleted of oxygen and, and blood that rises to our brain so that our brain can decide, okay, what are we going to do next in order to survive? So in a birthing situation, and what happened in my experience is that when my uterus froze, the whole uh, birthing um, uh, transition and labor actually kind of stalls and the birth rests and nothing really happens. All your contractions cease. Um, and you can become very nervous because now perhaps the doctor, which was in my case, may be telling you, well, nothing's really happening. Maybe we should just go and do a C-section um, after a period of, of, of um, a long duration. And that can sometimes create even more fear for mum. Unfortunately for me, this led to me not only tearing to a fourth degree, uh, but I also needed an episoctomy, which is where, um, some of you may know, uh, the um, physician uh, physically widens the, uh, the cervix in order for you to birth a baby. And so these two um, physiological reactions towards birth uh, was extremely traumatic for me. Um, it also provided complications uh, in afterbirth with breastfeeding as well. And so I was really, really determined uh, when I got pregnant again uh, with our second child um, that I wouldn't uh, want to have this kind of experience again. And I really wanted to empower myself with um, support and knowledge about how it is that women can uh, be able to give birth in a much more calmer way. And I think Looking back, back at it now, I think it was partly my way of um, really reflecting on the trauma of, of the experience where six months after I gave birth, uh, I actually came back to the UK because uh, two of my friends had given birth, uh, one in a hospital and one at home. And they both had these really wonderful, joyous, calming experiences. And they had both done hypnobirthing. And so I was just really intrigued by it. So I came back to the UK. I did the program uh, in Enfield, actually, really loved it, trained in it a year later. And I've been teaching it for the last six years. And I, I renewed my training here in the US as well. So it's really when it came to me delivering the second time around, it was like a night and day experience, completely different. I felt much more relaxed, so much more knowledgeable about what my body is going through, what can I expect? How can I manage if things uh, change? How do I adapt? How can I get my partner involved in the birth, which, you know, um, we just didn't prepare ourselves the first time. So he really wasn't sure how he could support me um, the way I needed to be supported uh, with our first birth. So it was really transformational for me um, having a hypno baby. Um, and it's really given me the... Um, the ambition and the determination to really teach this program uh, to new parents and, and birthing parents uh, around the world. Yeah, because I think your birth experience, especially during COVID, can have a long-term influence on how you bond with your baby 
and your life, you know, in the years coming um, in the future. So it's very, very important. Um, could you um, tell us a little bit about um, can do you think anxiety can have long term consequences for the parents and baby and and, and a little bit about that? So um, before I, I, I talk about anxiety per se, just in case you have some viewers that are curious um, who may not be so familiar with the hypnobirthing program. Um, with hypnobirthing, it's really a program that's designed uh, to prepare birthing mother and partner with that mind-body connection uh, so that they can uh, manage any anxiety or fear that may be arising throughout the pregnancy and prepare them to manage any uncertainty that may develop uh, during the birth. Um, and it might be also interesting for your um, listeners to know that in the UK, one in four women uh, have cesareans. And in the US, according to the CDC, for mothers over 50%, it's 48%, sorry, mothers over 40 years um, of age uh, have a 48% uh, higher chance of having a C-section um, for their birth. And what we find is that it's not necessarily because there are special health concerns or circumstances that have developed during the pregnancy that have um, uh, caused the birthing mothers to, to choose a C-section. It's also because of sometimes uh, birthing mothers experiencing or feeling very anxious about giving birth. And so hypnobirthing is more than just uh, preparing you uh, physiologically for the birth. It's actually empowering a birthing mother and partner with tools and practices to really help you manage uh, the anxieties that may be arising, uh, arising throughout the pregnancy or even beforehand. Because what we have also noticed, especially during COVID times, is that um, because we are all constantly on devices, we're constantly you know, listening to the news for updates, we're reading articles, we're listening to podcasts. Sometimes what we listen to, what we read, is also creating this um, heightened emotional response uh, towards birth. And we might not necessarily always be conscious of it because some of that can just you know, dive into the subconscious. So we're not really aware of it in our everyday routine. But what we've noticed is that when mothers then become pregnant um, and they're, you know, now learning the constant updated procedures of COVID, especially at hospitals, that these kind of experiences can also increase anxiety. And so having a program that you can actually start with from the beginning of your pregnancy with a partner or, or someone that you choose to be with you during your birth um, can be so empowering and not only shifting that mindset of fear uh, to more um, confidence and empowerment, uh, but also with giving you practices and tools to manage your own anxiety in life, you know, whether it be also in your professional work and in your home life as well. And I think that's one of the key elements um, of hypnobirthing is that we're really giving new parents a gift, like a toolbox of tools and practices that they can also use beyond their birth just as becoming new parents. Um, and also some of my parents throughout the years 
have really um, utilized the different breathing techniques, for example, when they are facing difficulty or moments of overwhelm in their professional lives. So with hypnobirthing, we're really giving um, new parents a whole spectrum of tools uh, for anxiety for every phase of their life, also beyond the birth itself. The right language is important during pregnancy, maybe at the start of the pregnancy, and during your sort of antenatal appointments. Um, do you think, thinking of, I know that you live in um, the US, but if you think about antenatal care in the UK, um, do you think we, um, healthcare pro professionals should change language right at the start of their antenatal care throughout, and maybe even postnatally as well? Um, what do you think about that? Absolutely, Hannah. I mean, I have been um, learning, studying, working with mindfulness over the last 20 years. And what we have seen is that, especially through mindfulness work uh, research that focuses on neuroplasticity, which basically shows us that what we say, how we think and what we do literally changes the structure and function of our brain. So if you are constantly visiting your um, obstetrician and they're telling you from, you know, week one, oh, you know, labor can be really long. It can be really strenuous. You've got a busy job. Why don't we just book you in with a C-section and that way you have it all planned. That's already implanting seeds of doubt and fear in a birthing mother's mindset. And so over a nine month uh, or so duration, that can really cultivate a very, very strong negative reaction uh, towards birth. And physiologically, that can also um, manifest in um, mothers choosing not to have a vaginal birth just because of the immense perception of what they believe the birth could be in terms of pain. Well, I know a lot of um, my friends have said when they're trying to breastfeed, when they bring the baby home, there's a kind of negative sense right from the start, even before um, they can watch, you know, when, um, I think the health um, care assistants um, watch you breastfeed. Do you think, yeah, there should be more of a, a positivity um, and how can my, mindfulness uh, help that? Absolutely. I think that, you know, we are all wired for connection. You know, yes, it's great to be independent and self-reliant, but ultimately our um, brains are wired to be interconnected with another person, another human being. And so if we can uh, cultivate experiences, especially throughout the early part of the pregnancy, so you can really have, give yourself time to develop it, where you're working with um, a doula or a midwife or a childbirth educator, um, and you're doing practices of mindfulness, which by the way, in case some of your um, viewers are not uh, quite sure about what mindfulness is, um, the simple definition of mindfulness is just being aware of the present moment, but in a non-reactive, non-judgmental way. That's the simplest definition of mindfulness. So mindfulness is um, not just about meditating, it can also be uh, an integrated experience where you're just taking a moment a day to just maybe notice your feet on the ground. Or maybe as you, you know, drink that cup of tea, you're just really noticing how 
drinking that cup really feels good and nurturing towards your body. So just being more aware of that present moment. And when we look at that in a birth context, especially now during a global pandemic, I really believe that giving new parents that opportunity to learn some of these um, integrated, but as well as the dedicated practices, which can be like a guided meditation, to really uh, empower them throughout that pregnancy journey can be tremendously uh, important to not only uh, the birth, but also to our psychological well-being, our just our overall health and growth, you know. I mean, I'm sure uh, some of your uh, friends and, and um, viewers tonight are also balancing new responsibilities, right? Some of people may be working from home, some may, people may be working um, with children also at home or taking on extra care responsibilities as they're working from home. And so that can really increase uh, the stress um, and the burdens of, of what we're doing in our everyday lives. So having access to these kinds of practices uh, can be extremely transformational in really helping you uh, respond better uh, having a more calmer, balanced mindset, and also really working towards having a greater overall well-being as well. I wonder, what do you think, Anuka, about, um, I don't know if you know, but in the UK, um, during COVID, if you're, if, you just, um, if you're just having your antenatal appointment, you have to go in on your own. Um, so, so, you know, if your 12-week scan, your 20-week scan, um, and any sort of other appointments, you might have to go in just because of the uh, infection control risk. What do you think about that policy? Do you think it's time for it to be changed now? You know, with, with my experience and my research, I really feel that especially if you're a new mother, having the um, a, a option to take on, to bring your partner or someone um, that you trust and and want to have as part of your birthing experience um, can be tremendously um, important to um, your overall psychological well-being throughout your pregnancy. And to go into an office alone and feeling already quite nervous about going into perhaps a hospital environment because of this uh, pandemic and not having anyone that you can share that experience with, I think that can be really overwhelming. So yes, I, I really agree with you, Hannah. I, I, I really think that that policy should be um, overturned and we should really start integrating much more uh, compassion and kindness with new parents, you know, and not just uh, expecting them to just, you know, keep calm and carry on. I don't think that phrase is really conducive to ensuring um, a stronger um, and positive mindset uh, and well-being for for birthing mothers. Um, and um, I want to share with you actually um, some research I was looking back. So you know I was telling you earlier about my fight flight reaction with my own birth. It's really interesting because that term uh, was actually coined uh, by um, a doctor in the 1930s called uh, Walter Cannon. And it's really interesting is that he was looking into how um, human beings respond to stress. But when he was doing the research, he was only using men. And so it wasn't until 2008 
where um, a doctor called Shelley Taylor at UCLA was then starting to look at, but how do women actually connect to stress responses? Because it's not always that fight or flight reaction for, for many women. And what she said through her research is that for so many women actually react to stress or fear in this tend and befriend phase. So what does that mean? It means that we take the time to really express how we're feeling, being a bit vulnerable, and then finding common ground when we find ourselves in a stressful or um, overwhelming moment. And I think if we look at the research, especially when we're talking about birthing mothers, we need to appreciate that some birthing mothers will require um, further assistance and support, especially in those antenatal classes or those antenatal um, uh, visits uh, throughout the early part of the pregnancy. Family and like support is a big, big issue. Um, I don't know if it is in America possibly as well, because everybody's living in their different houses. Um, and I think, I know you're kind of very culturally aware. Do you think if you look at places like um, or pla some places in Africa and um, different sort of cultures in different countries where families are more together, they might be living in one big house or one big um, small town or small village. Do you think that um, should, they, they should sort of bear that in mind a bit more when thinking about policy, like maternity policy and um, parental policy going forward? Absolutely. You know, we we come from like our ancestral um, um, parents and families and all come from this mindset of a community, right, of a tribe. That's how we survive. Um, and unfortunately, especially we see this in the West, that because our lives have become so much more busier, uh, the pace of life can be a lot more strenuous. Our responsibilities are more heightened. We lose our tribe. And so I think the COVID um, environment has really um, personified how difficult it can be for, for some new parents who don't have access to family um, or um, uh, that, that's nearby and how being able to provide them with a supportive network, perhaps like introducing them to parents that live uh, nearby and their ability to to just see each other you know in a socially distanced way or have a FaceTime chat or whatever it may be those kind of experiences um, can really foster and cultivate that you know community um, vibe and that support network uh, that especially I believe new parents uh, will benefit from because if we know that we have especially if we see through the research uh, with women that if we know we have the ability to uh, be with someone that we can trust um, to share you know our most uh, deepest vulnerabilities then we're far more able to then uh, shift our mindset into a more psychologically positive framework if we are experiencing um, uh, very negative feelings of being alone or depressed. Um, we see it actually with the hypnobirthing when we did some research on um, post-birth data, we've noticed that with hypnobirthing, uh, there's actually less likely chance of hypnobirthing parents, especially hypnobirthing mothers, uh, experiencing postnatal depression. 
and that's partly because the program um, really encourages um, trying to communicate and uh, be open with your own awareness of how you're feeling and, and by managing that some of the practices that also includes is, is language like how do we talk to each other and when you don't feel heard by your partner uh, what can you do about that uh, in a much more uh, sustainable way so um, I actually really agree with you I think there needs to be some much more awareness and policy when it comes to allowing um, new parents to communicate and um, uh, be with you know actually in a physical way but probably in a social distance way right now but had the opportunity to speak to others that are going through the same journey. And I think hypnobirthing and uh, mindfulness as you say can empower um, mums and dads and you know parents um and yeah because i think if you have a negative uh, experience that makes you feel um like not, not very empowered and i think that's sort of the trauma in a way part of the trauma um could you um tell us a little bit more about how you use your combination of business and mindfulness skills um to your work um as a leadership coach can you tell us a bit more about that and how you're helping um, if you're working with companies and things like that. So um, I've been really fortunate um, and privileged to partner um, with um, a friend um, and colleague um, who has a business called Inseus um, Mindfulness, that's I-N-S-E-U-S. And what we've done is that we've been working in particular also with nonprofits. And we're currently working with um, some sectors in the US government to offer um, emotional intelligence and mindfulness practices that we have um, actually have research on uh, that really empower professionals in particular with cultivating a stronger focus uh, and motivation and performance with their work uh, using uh, mindfulness practices and tools. And one of the programs that we actually teach is called Search Inside Yourself. Um, we are both trained um, at the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute. And this was a program that was born at Google um, around 12 years ago. And it was originally designed uh, for engineers at Google who were suffering from uh, really extreme uh, burnout and fatigue. And so uh, the, the um, uh, founder, um, Chad Meng Tang, he basically um, got together the most prominent researchers in the field in neuroscience, in emotional intelligence, in mindfulness. We integrated a lot of uh, teachings and techniques from a very famous mindfulness teacher, both here and in the world, John Kabat-Zinn, who actually started the first uh, medically recognized uh, mindfulness uh, stress reduction uh, based program uh, in the healthcare system here in the US. And so with this program, we're offering um, the ability for uh, professionals, and also we also work with um, executives as well, to really look at emotional intelligence and understand why is it that it's important for us to first have that first foundation of 
uh, emotional intelligence and be aware of that, which is self-awareness. And how does that impact us in our ability to connect with each other, learn with each other, work with each other, and ultimately grow our businesses and our roles as well as, as, as influencers and as leaders? Um, and so we have found through our own research as well that this particular program has been really effective and and transformative uh, for many people who are just struggling to really find motivation amongst the increase of stress and responsibilities uh, within their work and also in the, the external environment. Just having access to these tools and practices um, has really been an uh, empowering journey for them. Confidence is um, so important. But um, yeah, we're kind of coming to the end uh, of this webinar now and the time goes so fast uh, when we do these webinars. Um, so I'd like to thank you, um, Anika, for uh, explaining a little bit about your work. Um, I feel like we've only touched the surface, but yeah, we can we can see how, how much you do and, um, and it's so interesting to talk about your work. And um, yeah, I'd like to thank you very much for participating in this webinar if people want to know a bit more about um you know mindfulness hypnobirthing do with parents or um in regard to sort of leadership coaching uh, how how is they how are they best to contact you yeah sure well first of all just thank you so much like i've just really enjoyed this and it's been an absolute pleasure being with you um tonight hannah um, and if you want, if you're curious about learning more about mindfulness or just intrigued about what programs may be available for you, for your teams, for your businesses, um, I really recommend that you check out our website. It's www.inseus.com. And we also have a library of, of free resources, information, some guided meditation practices that you can also download for free. And if you're curious about childbirth education, um, hypnobirthing, uh, and I also offer many bespoke uh, birthing and breathing programs, please check me out at janujoyfulservices.com or you can um, uh, have a look at my Instagram handle, which is at janujoyful, J-A-N-U-J-O-Y-F-U-L. I'm going to check that out myself. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you for that information. And um, it's been great chatting to you today, uh, Anika. And um, we'll end this webinar now.